Praise the Lord. I want to illustrate this point, and it's pouring out our hearts before God. Let Him know how we feel. I believe that this is very, very important. First Samuel chapter 1, from verse 3 to 6. But then we will look at the other verses that are in this chapter. And I would like to pray before we, we begin the reading of the scripture. Father, we come before your presence this morning once again, other God. And as we open your word to meditate on it, Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit will guide us, O oh God. Will guide me as I will explain what you put in my heart to say this morning. And to also bless my brothers and sisters and friends that are listening to your word, O oh God. I pray that both together, O oh God, we can have an attentive hear. And Father, I pray that that hearing of your word will become an action in our lives. So, Father, help us to be doers of your word. This we pray. And, Lord, help us not to say things that are not according to your purpose and plan and be bold enough to say things that are according to your plan because we have the desire to honor you, O God. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we read it from 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 3 to 6. Now this man used to go up year by year from his city to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of host Ashilo, where the two sons of Eli, Ophni and Phinehas, were priests of the Lord. On the day where Elkanah sacrificed, he would give a portion to Penina, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her, though the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival used to provoke her grievously to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. This is the story of a barren woman. And though Hannah struggled with infertility, she learned how to rely on God and to deal with her emotion. She learned that her limitations and her hurts cannot stop the work of the Lord in her life. And I believe this morning that by doing so, she fulfilled God's plan to her life and lived an amazing destiny that was used by God to fulfill His plan, not only for her family, her life, but also for the nation of Israel. Try to imagine God is planning to fulfill the destiny of a nation through this terrible situation of pain, hurts, and sadness. If we read before, or better, in the book of Judges, and then in chapter 3, verse 1, we heard and we know that the nation of Israel was going through a terrible time of uh, apostasy, of lukewarm faith. The word of God says that in those times, everyone was doing what was better for them. Of what they think was good for them. Forgetting the law of God. And then in chapter 3 verse 1. The book of Samuel says that the word of the Lord was very rare on those times. It means that God didn't have any people to talk through. So in all of this. We will discover how God used this barren woman. 
to give to the nation of Israel an amazing leader, an influential prophet that led the people of Israel for a long time of peace and spiritual restoration. So this story starts with this sad moment, but then ends with a beautiful, beautiful fulfillment of God's plan in this life. And I want to tell you something, my brothers and sisters. As much as we are going through pain and hurts and sufferings, we can see that God is still at work in our lives. We can see that God has not forsaken us. We can see and appreciate it as we surrender to Him. He will do a work in our lives that goes beyond what we think is necessary in us. So Anna was a part of a difficult family. The ancient Israelites practiced polygamy. Even if God ordered a man to marry one woman, these people of Israel, in certain moments when the woman was not able to have children, were allowed somehow to marry another person so they can continue to have a posterity. And uh, Elkanah, this man who was married, according to the tradition of the Jews, Elkanah married first Anna. And because she couldn't have her children, then he married Penina. And Penina bore children to Elkanah. But this was a, a very difficult situation for Anna because being barren in those times was considered a curse from God. So it meant for them that Anna was not loved by God. It meant that Anna didn't deserve the love of God. And Penina was very, very careful to remind her every single day, I can imagine it, to Anna that she wasn't loved by God. Can you imagine this hammer going in your mind? You are no good. You are not loved by God. Look at yourself. You are not the one that God chose to give posterity to her husband. I am the one. There was this battle going on. And Anna and Penina had what each other wanted. And this was really complicated. Hannah would like to have children, but she didn't have. Penina had it. Penina would like to have the love of her husband that she didn't have because Elkanah was loving more Hannah. So both of them, they're in a situation of a continued rivalry. And of course, the one to suffer the most was Hannah. But in this story, as we go through, Hannah is an example to us and teach us how to pour out our soul before God when we experience hurts and pain. So today we will look on how Anna managed the situation after different years. And we can apply the same method to our lives. Our circumstances might be different from what Hannah and Penina had in Elkanah, this familiar nucleus. But I believe there are traits that we can apply in our individual lives. And as I said before, we are continuing. I took the commitment before yourself that I will give a teaching on how to be able to overcome pain and sorrow. So I pray that the Holy Spirit this morning will speak to each one of us. We speak to one, we speak to another one, and we speak to all congregation. So we may absorb God's word in our lives. 
Let me share the first uh, point that is very important to me to share. Pouring out our soul before God leads to shape our character. Only when we are honest with ourselves and we pour out our sadness, our pain, our sorrows before God, we are able to see how God is shaping our character, our personality. Anna had to deal with her feelings and emotions. Many times we don't want to deal with that. Many times we are ignoring that. But we are made also on a spiritual, emotional component that is important in our lives. If those, if those emotions, if those feelings are not healthy, they will influence also our whole body, our mind, our behavior, who we are. You see, initially, Anna handled her anger, sadness about her infertility on her own. How? Ignoring it, suppressing, trying to hide all this. Anna felt like she was dying, drawing in pain and sorrow. But you know what? She was not the alone, the only one. She was not the only one to go in the scriptures through this deep sorrow and pain. If we look in the Bible, and Pastor Alan last Sunday mentioned few of them, I'm looking at, at the psalmist Asaph. He was in deep sorrow and pain, almost he lost his faith as he was considering the prosperity of the evil one. In Psalm 73, King David in many psalms exposed his sorrow, his complaint before God, feeling abandoned without any strength to move on in his life. And many times he cried out to God saying, how long, O oh God? How long, O oh God, you will delay? And then what about Habakkuk? That we heard Sunday. What about Elijah? What about Jeremiah? They had all moments where they expressed their complaints before God. I can imagine then saying, doesn't care God about me? God, you could have stopped this. You could have changed this. But you didn't. Why, oh God? I'm reminded Elijah when he says, I am the only one who cares about you. There is no one else. And I want to die here, Father. I'm no better than my ancestors. I'm no better than my fathers. I'm reminded about what Jeremiah could say before God. You induced me and I was induced. And I don't want to do this anymore, God. I really didn't want to do this at the first place. I wish I'd never born, been born. This was Jeremiah, the prophet, the great prophet of God at one point said before God. So they expressed their sorrow and pain before the Lord. And when you pour out your heart before God, it is okay to tell God how you feel. It is okay to tell God how we are dealing with our emotions in an honest complaint. I can imagine here Anna saying, God, I'm angry. I'm confused, hurt, and sad. I feel like no one cares about me. I'm confused with you, God. I thought I was a godly woman. I never stopped to pray and to come and offer sacrifice to you. Why, God, you forsaken me? But you know, even Jesus prayed that. Remember on the cross, the last final words? He prayed like that. 
God, why you abandoned me? Why you forsaking me, oh God? So there was emotional pain even in the man Jesus Christ. Anna felt misunderstood even by the person that she loved the most. And she was loved by the most, her own husband, Elkanah. In fact, Elkanah failed to validate her pain. We read at the beginning that Elkanah genuinely loved Hannah. And while he was giving it to the other wife and the children, that he had food that were part of the sacrifice that were offered before the Lord, Elkanah gave it a double portion to his wife, Anna, to show her that she was loving her. And then when uh, this action moved Penina jealousy, and she became more aggressive and insulting Anna, what happened? Elkanah went to her, and she said this word in verse 7. Penina, she was used to provoke her, and therefore Anna wept and would not eat. In verse 8 now, And Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? And why do you not eat? And why is your heart sad? I am not more to you than ten sons. What do you see here? We see here that instead of grieving with Anna, Elkanah makes her pain about how he was feeling. He failed to validate the pain of Anna. And Anna's disappointments increased every year. Year after year, they were going back to worship the Lord. And year after year, the song was always the same. You are no good. You are not loved by God. God cursed you. You cannot be happy. You will dwell in that pain forever. Doesn't matter how long or how much you attending church, we could say today, you have been forsaken by God. Can you imagine how deep was the pain that Anna had? And Anna dwelt in her sadness and hurts instead to turn it over God. Year after year, the situation was the same. But you see, God was waiting for Hannah. And God is waiting for us to turn to him with our emotions, our feelings, with our pain, with our hurts. He's waiting for us. You know why? Because he's the only one that can be a balm to those pain. He's the only one that can bring healing when we pour our heart before him. Year after year, Anna handled this situation in her own. Year after year, she experienced the same problem, anger, sadness, the same way. But one day, she changed. She changed her approach. For somehow, she prayed, surrendering the situation before God for strength and for hope. She started to let God be her God. She started to say, God, my problem is no more my problem, it's your problem. She allowed God to take care of her. She embraced her emotion and she expressed her sorrow and hurts before God in prayer. And let me tell you something this changed everything. This changed everything. Turning to God with our emotion 
can change everything, can change sorrow in joy. Look what happened in verse 10. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. She didn't go there before praying with joy. She was deeply distressed. Another version says she was in anguish, in agony. She wept bitterly. I can imagine her sobering before God. She couldn't retain her tears. And when she embraced her emotion and being honest with herself and before God, Anna got a different vision, a different perspective of what God could do in her life. And my brothers and sisters, when we feel the hurt and the pain, we have a possibility. We have a way that God is telling us. We can approach with full confidence His throne of grace. And the good news is that we don't need to go to Shiloh to receive that. We don't need to go in a specific place to worship God. We can do this because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the one where the Holy Spirit dwells. We need to just confide in God and bring Him our sorrow, our pain. In that situation, God refines Hannah's hurts through her sadness. God shaped her character, her emotions, drove her to develop an intimate relationship with God that she didn't have before. And it's in those moments that we understand how good the loving Father is the God that we worship. How caring is for us. So she got a vision and vowed to do it. What was the vision? We read in verse 11. And she wove a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. And no razor shall touch his head. So this was the new perspective. No more a child for herself, but to serve the Lord. What was the initial plan that God had through Anna, Baroness? To give a leader to a whole nation. Remember what I said at the beginning? So now Anna is starting to see what God could do. It's not about me, Lord. You have a better plan than I have. That kid will be the leader that this nation in need. Anna started to see what God was doing through her pain and sorrow. So God has a better plan for our lives, even when we don't see it yet. So this brings me to the second point. The pour out our soul before God leads to practice obedience. Once he shapes our character, then he's expecting us to obey him. So praise the name of the Lord. When we embrace sufferings, we embrace sufferings, then we can truly embrace His unfailing love for our lives. And many times the anguish continues because we don't allow God to take over from us and bring the comfort of His presence in our lives. God is true to Himself and He's never changed His approach towards us. It's a God of justice, is a God of love, is a holy God, and He will never change His approach towards His children. We may change, but He doesn't change. 
is faithful to us. What is the point of praying for a son? We can discover here only to give him up to God. I believe that uh, the problem was deeper than having a child. As I mentioned to you, it is Anna prayer that shows what was the problem. Not to be barren was the problem. But was the fact that Anna had the necessity to feel the love of God in her life. God, you've forgotten me. I'm not loved anymore, God. I need to feel your love. And you know, when God took care of that aspect, that emotion part, Anna started to see a different thing. Penina attacked again every day. You are no good. You are not loved. You will always be like that. But God had a better plan. And uh, I can tell you this, my brothers and sisters. Don't let your emotions carry you away, but rather carry those emotions to make you closer to God. And a lot of obedience of what he said to you. We cannot comprehend or grasp God's overall plan in our lives because we are limited with our mind. But God is infinite. He knows everything. Even before he was born. And look what happened. In verse 12 we read. As she continued praying. 1 Samuel chapter 1 verse 12 to 15. As she continued praying before the Lord. Eli observed her mouth. Anna was speaking in her heart. Only her lips moved. And her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli took her to be a drunken woman. And Eli said to her, how long will you go on being drunk? Pour your wine away from you. But Anna answered, no, my Lord, I am a woman troubled in spirit. I have drunk neither wine or strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. See, she was misjudged by the authority of the religious authority. Eli was the high priest. He was supposed to be the one to understand the pain that this woman had in her heart. But she failed at the initial moment. She was pouring out her soul before God and she didn't have even the strength to pray loud with a louder voice. So Eli thought that she was drunk. But she was putting her heart before God. She was worshiping the Lord with her prayer. And Anna, she didn't know that God already had a plan. And what initially was uh, something that Eli rebuked was then approved. Because something happened. Eli told her, go in peace. Go in peace. I believe that she took as an answer from God that comment that Eli uh, made to her. We see the hurts in her life who contributed to make her or make the relationship that she had with her God more intimate. And let me tell you, pain and hurts can separate us from God or can bring us closer. Pain and hurts can do the same in relationships. Can separate us or can bring us more closer to each other if we abandon and turn over it to God. And again, Anna, I trust with emotions, her own God. 
But even before God answered and she knew that she was pregnant, her facial demeanor changed. She left in a different way. She left in a positive way. She came with hurts and pain, and then she left in a positive way. The psalmist simple says, Oh, my people, trust in him at all times. Put out your heart to him, for God is our refuge. Trust him all times. Trust him all times. She cried out in her distress and expressed their pain, and God answered. In verse 16, it says, Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman. For all along I have been speaking out my great sorrow. So she put out her heart before God. The anxiety that she had. The vexation that she was under. She let go of her bitterness and angry and the pain that she had. And when Eli came back and said to her in verse 17 to 18. Then Eli answered, go in peace and then... The God of Israel, grant your petition that you have made to him. And she said, let your servant find favor in your eyes. Then the woman went her way and ate. And her face was no longer sad. You see the effects of prayer? She was not able to eat before. But after she turned to God and allowed God to heal her wound, what happened? Her facial demeanor changed. She had appetite again. She went to eat. And more important, the day after, she came back to give praise to God. Completely changed and transformed. You see, this brings the third point. Pouring out our soul before the Lord leads to healing. When we do this, despite her hurts and pain, God gave us and gave Anna much hope and amazing future. She would have realized how God was in control only when her son became the man or the boy that God chose to be the leader of Israel. Samuel maybe was four years old, five years old, when God revealed his plan to a little Samuel. When he, he was brought to the temple and was serving a lie, and he heard the voice of the Lord, Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. He thought that the high priest Eli called him, and he went to talk with Eli. And Eli said, I'm not the one to call you. And then a second time this happened, a third time. And then Eli understood. I can imagine the trepidation of Eli. Samuel, it's God that is talking to you. I can imagine when Anna went back to Shiloh the year after, how Samuel spoke to her and said, you know, mom, God called me. I heard the devotable voice of God calling my name. Can you imagine the satisfaction, the healing that is brought in the heart of this matter? She understood that Samuel, her son, was the man that God called and raised among the people of Israel. What amazing healing happened to her. Not only to her, but through her, a whole nation was blessed. And I have a good news for all of us. As a result of Anna's pain and wounds and hurts, the whole nation will be blessed. You know what we went through and we are going through in our congregation. But brothers and sisters, I'm very 
comforted by that. I truly believe that through the hurts and pain that we all have been experienced, and who more, who less, we can see the great plan that God will display in our lives for this congregation. We have to just surrender to him. I love what Psalms 445 verse 17 says. The Lord is righteous in everything he does. He's filled with kindness. Another version says, he's filled with love. The Lord is righteous in everything he does. He's filled with kindness. And you know why Hannah was happy? Because she was no longer ruled by her hurts, her wounds. God healed her. If we look at this, my hurts and pain are not for nothing. God has a bigger plan. God has a bigger plan. Is in control. It is on the throne. And when we embrace our suffering... We allow God to use those sufferings and pain to bring forth his glorious plan. I would like to conclude with this final application. Let us commit to trust God no matter what. I was really encouraged last Sunday by the message that Pastor Alan preached, and I believe that I'm not the only one. What brings forth God's plan in our lives it's our commitment to follow him. Even if we don't see the fig tree, as Habakkuk said, blossom and bear fruit, even if we don't see prosperity, I will trust the Lord. I'm committed to trust him. And my counsel to all of us, as we close this message out, is that after you have put out your heart out to God, give him time to act giving time to bring forth his original plan. I love what Job, the man of God that we all know, says in verse 13, chapter 13 and verse 15. Though he slays me, I will hope in him. Yet I will argue my ways to his face. Even if he will kill me, I will continue to hope in him. Yet I will continue to bring forth and argue. My points with him. Though I don't understand the Lord, I want to trust you. I want to trust you, God. Then let us spend time in God's presence, my brothers and sisters. We are often so much in a hurry, but prayer of lament takes time spent in God's presence. Only spending time it's not saying good morning, God, or good night, God, or thank you for the food that will make the lament effective in our pain. Time in God's presence. Time in prayer. And then, let us hope in the God who hears. God still hears our prayers. I like what verse 20 ended. The Lord remember her. And the name Samuel, it means, or could be interpreted, I asked for him and he gave it to me. Technically, the Lord heard me. Every time Samuel was called by the mom, was a reminder 
the Lord remembered me. You see, what was at the beginning a situation of uh, hurts and pain, at the end it became a reminder of God's faithfulness in our life. This morning we are ready to celebrate the communion. And I think it's important that we take time in the presence of God. I know that we could do this individually in our home, in our quiet time. But before we approach the table of the Lord, taking some time individually, but also collectively as a church to take our sorrows and pain before the Lord. I like that this church will become more an empathetic church. The Word of God says in Romans something very important. Romans 12, 15 says, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. In our midst, there are people that have been hurt terribly. We want to validate that pain. We don't want to minimize. And we need, as a congregation, to pray for God's restoration. We need to call upon the name of God. You know, this morning, this place is our Shiloh. The way that we'll go back depends not from God. depends from us. God is unchanging. God is faithful. We must take the decision. God, how we deal with this pain? How we deal with this hurt? I will bring it to you or we'll go back in the same way that I came. Hannah's story is beautiful. She went back in a different way. Transformed. Changed. And I believe that there is a restoration in the ruins. Amen. There is hope for those who were afflicted. There is healing available for us individually and corporatively. Can we all stand in the presence of God?